listening to Rumination Tuesday on this May the 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. And the hymn we're going to take a look at, I'm Pastor Tom Baker with Pastor Mark Smith, is the King of Love, My Shepherd Is. Let's listen a bit to it. of The King of Love My Shepherd Is, Ian Bradley writes, I think I am on safe ground in asserting that more hymns have been based on Psalm 23 than on any other passage in the Bible. Now, this paraphrase of the psalm is by Henry Baker, died in 1877, and it is one of the most acclaimed Following in the tradition of fellow Englishman Isaac Watts and before him Martin Luther, Baker, sympathetic to the Church of England, parts company with the strict versification of the psalm advocated by the Calvinist tradition among Anglicans to present a paraphrase of Psalm 23 that allows for the poetry of the English language and more important, emphasizes Christ and the gospel in the psalm. In Baker's setting, the rod and staff of the psalm become the cross of Christ. The overflowing cup becomes the chalice in the sacrament of the altar. And the psalm shepherd becomes the good shepherd, Jesus of John 10. It first appeared in 1868, and it emphasizes the trust with which the Christian faithful live. Yet Baker makes evident that trust is never free-floating. It lives or dies on the basis of the object of such trust. In fact, Dietrich Bonhoeffer noted Trust in God without Christ is empty and without certainty. Indeed, it can only be another form of self-trust. But whoever knows that God has entered into our suffering in Jesus Christ himself may say with great confidence, for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. This hymn is the hymn of the day in the one-year series of readings for Easter 3 and in the three-year series of readings, which we are following for Easter 4. Pastor Mark Smith, what do you think of this hymn? It's a good hymn. Uh, It's, uh, I'd say it's a very good hymn. It's it's not my favorite hymn of... uh, 
the 23rd Psalm. My favorite is the Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. But this is, uh, this is maybe a close second. It's very good. Yes. The Lord's my shepherd really closely follows the words of Psalm 23. Yes. This is more a paraphrase. And I appreciate it, too. I appreciate the paraphrase. And that I found that very interesting how uh, uh, in your introduction of it, you said that uh, the rod and staff are compared with the cross. Yes. Well, we'll take a look at other things that he compares. If you'll be so kind to begin with stanza one. The king of love my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. So it starts off with a very, very positive note. Why is Jesus referred to as the king of love, you think? Well, he certainly, you know, greater love hath no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. He laid down his life even while we were yet his enemies. So he is indeed the king of love. Great Bible verse to bring in. In fact, I've often thought uh, a lot of times they'll have Bible verses uh, at the bottom of the hymn, but hymns like this could have 20 or 30 Bible verses, like the one you just gave. Oh, I know. becomes a foundation. And his goodness faileth never, which means what? Well, his... Well, he, he he always, even with even in the case of Judas, when Judas came to betray him, how did what did Jesus call him? He said, "Friend, what have yes. you come to do?" I mean, even at that point, Jesus had not withdrawn his love for Judas. His his love was unending, and uh, uh, if Judas had repented on that very night that he betrayed him, Jesus would have gladly received him back. Now, we have congregational members singing this in this day and age with a virus, uh, a war uh, going on overseas, and so much immorality in the uh, United States. How do you understand, then, I nothing lack if I am his? Don't we lack a lot of things? Yes, but, uh, well, I think of uh, Psalm 121, uh, where it says... I'm trying to I'm trying to recall the very line, but it says, uh, "I I will always I'll, I'll save you I'll save you in every in every case." But I'm most concerned with your soul. Yes. His, uh, it, it, when it comes to our soul, that's his paramount importance uh, of our and Lord in, Jesus. And in that regard, we lack nothing. That's right. Of, his uh, mercy and grace. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll read stanza two. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the verdant pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Okay, what's the word verdant mean? <laughs> Tom, we've gone over this, I don't know how many, three or four times. Verdant means green or especially lush green. It's covered with, covered with lush green vegetation. And that's referring to the psalm. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in verdant pastures, green, lush green pastures. Yes. And also where streams of living water flow. These are just streams. Yes. And they're living for the sheep because if they were a rage if they're a raging river. Right. Guess what happens to the sheep? Uh, sheep get drowned, right? Yes, exactly. So he doesn't take them to a raging river when they're thirsty. He takes them to living waters. And, of course, what could that refer to also, uh, the, the, the living gospel. water? Well, the gospel, like uh, Jesus tells the woman at the well, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, uh, the gospel is is water welling up to eternal life. And I'm also thinking of a, a means of grace. Baptism. Yes, yes, where streams of living water flow. Okay, stanza three, please. Perverse and foolish, oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. Now, why on his shoulder? What does that refer to? Well, that, of course, that's a very common picture of uh, the lost sheep. And it was, a, it was an adult sheep. It wasn't just a little lamb like is often pictured. But the, the, the lost sheep in, in Luke's parable, uh, he, he went out searching for that lost sheep. You know, sheep cannot easily retrace their steps. They're really kind of dumb animals, <laughs> frankly. And, uh, and so the, they have to be sought. And uh, Jesus is a good shepherd that goes out and seeks that one lost sheep, leaves the 99 uh, at home in the flock and goes out seeking that one lost sheep, hoists that adult sheep up on his shoulders, filled with uh, stickers and thorns and probably manure and mud, and he holds, holds that sheep up on his shoulders and carries it home rejoicing to the fold. And that sheep is lost because he is perverse and foolish like Wandering. we are. We yeah. often stray. Right. In fact, how many times have we said that every time you sin, it is a breaking of the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's right. Now, what I find interesting, uh, the verse doesn't say, but yet in love... The sheep found me. It's the opposite. No, that's right. Yeah. Not, no more is that sheep able to come back and find me than the coin that was lost in the second parable of those three. The coin that was lost out of the, uh, the jar of, of the elderly woman. That, that coin can't jump back in the jar by itself. Neither can the sheep... Uh, hoist itself up on the shoulders of its shepherd when he's lost. Now, when you read God, the third parable, though, on the lost son, it yeah. sounds like the son comes back to try and find the father. Now, Why he is that back, not correct? He comes back to manipulate him, to to wend his way back into the father's uh, good graces on his own, trying to trying to get him to rehire to to hire him as as one of his chief servants. He, hasn't, he the, hasn't really hasn't really repented. 
doesn't believe the father doesn't believe the father can forgive him for one thing. And when the father sees him from the gate of the village, it's the father that runs out to him That's to right. seek him. And he holds him. And what are the three gifts he gives him? He put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and uh, and uh, get get a robe, robe of righteousness as we understand it. Cloak him in the robe of righteousness. Yeah, in fact, and it's kill, first kill the, fatted calf. the best robe. Yeah. No, on the three things he gave him, the best robe would be whose robe? The the robe, the robe of righteousness. Yes, the, but belonging the Jesus to Jesus won for us on the cross. Yeah, it's the robe of the Father. Right. And the Father does not refer to God the Father. No, that's Jesus. Yes. So it's very important that we understand that, that it is Jesus who is doing the seeking, finding us, and putting it on his shoulders uh, to carry us home. And yeah, as he himself rejoicing. says, as he himself says, I came to seek and to save the lost. Exactly. Okay, stanza three, please. Perverse, I think we just went over that, Tom, didn't oh, I, we? I'm sorry, yeah. stanza four. Four, four. In death's dark veil, I fear no ill. With thee, dear Lord, beside me, thy rod and staff, my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. And what's the rod and staff referring to? You know, I always, I always forget what each of those mean. One of them is directing, and the other one is defending. Am I right? Yes, it's the the rod that defends. The rod is to strike a wolf or coyote or whatever's assailing the uh, the sheep, and the staff is to direct. Or guide, right? Yes, exactly. Um, as we get older, we tend to see a lot of people using a cane, a staff, and that's for the purpose of standing up, being able to walk, and that's really referring back to the cross of Christ also. Mm-hmm. And therefore, thy cross before to guide me, that's... How do we explain that to a person, that the cross guides us? Well, I think of another hymn. Um, uh, In the cross of Christ I glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time. Um, Yeah, well said. the The cross... The cross, you know, and you know why that was written that way. That was written by somebody that was off the coast of Macau, uh, south of China. And he sees this old, uh, the ruins of this church. And uh, in spite of the ruins, the cross is still gleaming. He can still see that cross towering over the wrecks of time. Yes. And you hear stories all the time of uh, worn, torn Europe after World War II, well, soldiers will come through a city or a village and hear the 
the buildings will be ruined, but there's the cross. And even in our own history, the uh, the nine eleven event. Remember how that uh, those those girders, uh, the steel girders from one of the buildings fell resembled. and resembled a cross. Yes, it, exactly. Now, what's your opinion of a cross in the church? Should it or should it not have the body of Christ on it? Well, I really, frankly, I prefer the crucifix. I just think that is Which just such what? a such a helpful. Uh, the, the crucifix, of course, has the cro- body of Christ on it. Yes, and yes. that is that is such a such a helpful preaching and teaching tool. The empty cross, of course, reminds us that you know Christ is risen; that He's no longer on the cross, but He is risen from the dead. And he's still with us, but uh, I don't know. There's, there's just something, to me, something much more helpful about being able to point to the crucifix. Um, yeah, I agree think? with that. What do you think? No, no, that's my opinion also, because you can't have the resurrection without the body on the cross. Right. And remember, it's at the resurre- uh, at the crucifixion that Jesus talks about, it is finished. Right. And the resurrection is God the Father's way of agreeing with Jesus. His stamp of approval. Yes. That's right. So, what, what I really love about this hymn, we, we should mention this is not my grandfather who wrote it, Henry Baker. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not even related to this guy as far as I know. Because um, my parents came from Yugoslavia, and uh, this is uh, uh, Ireland. But be that as it may, this cross is found in Psalm 23. And it reminds me of the road to Emmaus journey of Jesus where he's explaining all the Bible verses that refer to him. Yes. And wouldn't, I think... Wouldn't it have been great to listen in on that Bible class, Tom? Wouldn't that have been a great Bible class to hear? Well, we do. Every Sunday during the sermon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, working on a, a project right now, having a lot of fun with it. Um, I have a little hobby. I collect chess sets. Oh, really? I oh, yeah. got a few. I got a few of those myself. Really? I'll have do to show pl- them to you sometime. Do you play the game? I used to. Yes. <laughs> now I just now I just collect the sets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... I've got some neat ones, Tom. I got some really neat ones. I'll have to show them to you sometime. Yeah, the characters can really change. But uh, the more I learn about chess, and I played it for years, my son and I used to have games. I had a computer program that I no longer have, although I just ordered a new one because it's good for relaxation playing against a computer. Yes. But what's interesting is that when I was in Novosibirsk uh, with the Russians for three weeks at yeah. their seminary, I was 
seeing them one night bring out their chess sets. And uh, I pretended I wasn't really sure, well, w- what is that? And so they said, well, you this is dumb. chess. Yeah, I played dumb. <laughs> and then you and, took and them by surprise. <laughs> well, I, I played with the head pastor there, the head, and uh, we started the game. And in four moves, the game was over. He had you a chick, mate? Yep. <laughs> Guess what? You must, have, you must have made the – have you ever heard of the fool's move? Yes. And I have learned that I did do the fool's move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was a grand master. Oh, boy. You didn't know what and you were getting into. Not at all. But fortunately, one of the other seminarians challenged me, and he was younger, and we played a game, and I beat him, and he couldn't believe it. No kidding. So he played another one, and he beat me. Well, I was there for, like I say, a number of weeks, and the day before I left, we had played 20 games, and it was 10 to 10. So we played (laughs) one more, and... I beat him, and he didn't want me to get on the plane. <laughs> Have you kept in touch with any of those uh, any of those guys in, in Novosibirsk? Yeah, well, uh, they actually, you know, some of them came to the Fort Wayne Seminary to be uh-huh. trained. And oh. um, through Concordia Mission Society, we supported others in, in their training. And we send uh, professors over there to uh, teach at the seminary in Novosibirsk. In fact, Concordia Mission Society, I'm treasurer of, we just sent them over $200,000 we had collected. Oh, boy. I'll bet they yes. appreciated that. Well, their goal is $5 million to keep the seminary going, and uh, it has to be over a, a number of years, so they're having a lot of fun there. But it was amazing. Their congregation was pretty large. And no kidding. I would, uh, I always had to have a translator sitting beside me because they spoke in Russian. Right. And that's almost the third toughest language to learn. Oh, and wow. So I wasn't there long enough. I, I just learned words like, uh, yes, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. But boy, uh, when I won uh, those chess games, I got a lot closer to those people. I was oh, there to I'll teach bet. them law and gospel. And uh, at first they thought that law and gospel was a figment of the imagination of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Huh. And by the end of three weeks, they had pretty well changed their minds. No so kidding. That was, and, and boy, they're very good preachers over there. I'll bet. All right. I'll move on to five. Thou spreadst a table in my sight, thine unction grace bestoweth, and oh, what transport of delight from thy pure chalice floweth. Now, with that verse, what do you think this hymn would be good for? What what's interesting about what's interesting about this this verse is it makes it very obvious that uh that the 23rd Psalm is a reference to the Lord's Supper. Yes. You know, I've, I've heard some people feel that, well, it's 
maybe not a I I've always I've always used the 23rd psalm in connection with giving the Lord's supper to shut-ins. But you know, some people feel like it's not necessarily a direct reference, but that that's the that's the uh what this hymn speaks of it. Uh it speaks of the thy from thy pure chalice floweth. I mean, that's that's the very uh, article that we use to convey the the blood of our Lord. And uh Yeah, what is a chalice? Chalice is the cup, the cup that carries right. the blood of Christ. Now, a lot of us, of course, especially during the virus, we're using individual yes. uh, cups. And, and that's not a problem because no. what makes the sacrament a proper sacrament is the ingredients you use, namely bread and wine. Uh, I was near and a the word And the word of our Lord. <laughs> I was near a university uh, on Vicarage, and they used potato chips and Coca-Cola. Oh, boy. Yeah, they thought it was just a fellowship meal. Yeah. No, that's a big mistake. Okay, stanza six. And so through all the length of days, thy goodness faileth never. Good shepherd... May I sing thy praise within thy house forever. So it returns again as verse 1 has. The king of love my shepherd is. Now he's the good shepherd that we sing his praise through all the length of days. Thy goodness faileth never. And, And that's almost the second line of the first stanza also. Right. So it it comes back to what I consider should be the ending of every sermon, and that is a gospel ending, uh, giving the comfort that one needs to have. And this hymn really does it. That's right. So you want to have the gospel ringing in the people's ears as they walk out of church on Sunday morning. Yeah, so we don't have an Old Testament lesson in the three-year series we're reading from the book of Acts. Yes, um, and they're so, long. They're long readings. Those Acts, those Acts readings are, are long readings, but they're very good. You know, the conversion of Saul. Um, then I'm this message to, to the church at Ephesus. Yes, right. And then Revelation and others. Well, thank you very much for helping us with this. Uh, we're looking forward. Are you going to use it Sunday? Oh yes, uh, the Good Shepherd. I, maybe not. Maybe not this hymn, but I'm going to have about three, three Shepherd hymns and one Mother's Day hymn. <laughs> oh, excellent! Is that Mother's Day? Yeah, it's Mother's Day. All right. Thank you, Pastor Mark Smith. Till tomorrow. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.
If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.